0: Before we begin today's session, I do want to point out an error from last episode. I misquoted a factoid about the brain taking about 60-80% of your body's energy and glucose load when it is really closer to about 20%. That's what I get for not double-checking my facts before recording. In today's training session, we're going to cover some structural material that a lot of students have asked about and more of a step-by-step process on how to create memory palaces for your medical studies. We take your textbook, and your study lectures, and how to basically transform those into your memory palaces. We'll cover a few tips and tricks, some step-by-steps that you can follow, but also how to consider your basic sciences and the discipline-based education that you'll learn there versus the integrated knowledge that you must apply to board exams, for instance, or in clinical rotations. So this information and more in this episode. Welcome to the Medical Menemis Podcast, your source for memory techniques and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back for another narrative episode of the Medical Menemis Podcast. Today, I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into creating your memory palaces and organizing the structure of these memory palaces and some of the pros and cons that we've sort of figured out over the past few months through different interviews and through exploration. And if you've heard the interview with Timothy Moser, or if you've heard the interview that I did with Greg Rodden from Physiology by Physio you will know that there are a few organizational and structural concerns you might want to consider before starting on your memory palace. And the reason I say this is because obviously if you want to remember a large amount of information, such as you do in medical school, it is best to organize them in a convenient manner. If you have visual markers, your visual aids for your memory palace thrown about all over the place, then it's going to be difficult to match those materials that should be categorized together. For instance, if we wanted to remember all the different microbes from microbiology, we might separate very broadly by bacteria, virus, fungus, parasite. But also, we want to know what types of infections that these different microorganisms cause. And sometimes those infections can be very similar you can have bacterial pneumonia, but you can also have viral pneumonia, and in rarer cases, fungal pneumonia and more atypical varieties. When we were discussing with Timothy Moser, he compared his language training using memory palaces to some of the considerations for medicine. He defined it sort of broadly as the individual words that you need to learn, the vocabulary, and then the integration of these words, or the sentences, the structures of these sentences. And in a way, we can use this same principle when constructing or organizing anyways for further construction, our memory palaces for medicine. We're going to want to remember certain disciplines, and this is your microbiology, your anatomy, your physiology, your biochemistry. But we're also going to be concerned with the integration of the material, such as will be presented on the board exam you are not likely to get too many questions that are going to be strictly one discipline or the other. They are integrated materials, and if you cannot accurately integrate the material from the different disciplines, it's going to be much more difficult to get that answer right. So some schools are doing this more intrinsically now with their course setup, with their curriculum, but the majority seem to still be doing it the traditional way, which is by discipline. Not until your third or fourth year, when you start beginning clinical practice, does a lot of this information get more integrated? So prior to that, and usually before you have to take the step one, you have to learn how to integrate a lot of this material yourself. How can we go about doing this for our memory palaces? Let's say that we want to take information from a certain discipline. So in the interview with Greg Rodden, we went over a certain classification of antibiotics, which is useful both in pharmacology, but also in microbiology. How we remember this classification was to make a room, a macro station, if you will, within our memory palace, and then put a few micro stations, generally pieces of furniture, light fixtures, other things that can stand out, and place the different classifications of this class of drugs, which were the cephalosporin antibiotics, into the different micro stations within our macro station. And towards the end of the interview, he asked, okay, now what if we want to remember what these different antibiotics actually treat? Just because they're in the same class of drugs doesn't mean they're going to treat the same antibiotics. Each individual antibiotic with its different biochemical makeup is going to breed different amounts of resistance depending on the usage and many other factors that we don't need to get into. But we didn't really get to do that. Instead, I sort of directed towards creating a different memory pause for that. So in the same way that we want maybe one memory pause for learning words in language learning, And a different one for learning sentences, we want to learn these disciplines in a different memory palace than we do with our integrated knowledge. And you might be saying at this point, well, that's two or more memory palaces for every topic that we cover. Medicine is already so full of information. Why would we do this? Why would we go through the struggle and do this to ourselves? And it is important to notice, one, it's not going to be that bad. It will take some extra time, but the visuals you've already created in your first rendition, in your first go at the memory palace, usually for the discipline in this example, you can reuse those visuals in your new memory palaces, in your integrated memory palaces. So it won't take nearly as much time because that is usually the most strenuous, cognitively intensive part of creating these memory palaces, is creating the initial visualization, the initial visual marker. But as you build up your visual dictionary, you can reuse these visuals in other scenes. And we discussed that a little bit towards the end of the Greg Rodden episode we could also consider taking this structure one step further. For instance, when I was questioned about adding certain diseases to the cephalosporin drug class that we were covering, it was something that I was a little concerned about getting too dense with the visuals. And sometimes this will happen. Some visuals, if you add too many hooks to, it could become problematic. But some that are specified only for maybe two or three different pathologies, mainly, might not be that bad. For instance, we used a fox with a tin can in his hand for the drug cefoxitin. The fox also had a necklace of shrunken heads for the head or cephalosporin class of drugs. But cefoxitin is also very commonly used in certain diseases such as the treatment of gonococcal infection. So do we wanna put the gonococcal infection anywhere in the image? Do we want the fox maybe beating back the infection, showing that he is effective against that infection? This also leaves space later on for contraindications to be added, where we might wanna remember a negative thing about a particular drug. So instead of the positive aspect of this antibiotic working against gonococcal infection, maybe we wanna remember the negative side effect of potential allergic reaction. So the types of actions That our image is having with the hook or with the disease in this example can also help clarify if it's a positive or negative action we're trying to attribute to this interaction between the visuals. You can also check back to an earlier episode with Anthony Mativier from the Magnetic Memory Method, and his way of combining different topics was very unique. I can't even go into explaining it here. I think that would take a whole other episode. But you might want to check out that information and his style for using different, I think he was talking about anatomical sites in that particular example, and placing them in different parts of the room, but also compare them to some of the other interviews, such as the anatomy examples that Timothy Moser went on in that interview. So this is why it can be very, very important to write out a list and constantly add to this list of possible memory palaces every time you go out in public if you go to a friend's house if you go to a new bar a new restaurant a new gas station on travels wherever you are pay a little extra attention to the buildings you walk into or even the parks you go to anything that is distinct anything that you pay a little extra attention to initially might be solidified enough in your memory to reuse later. So any of these places that you go to, new buildings, new areas, new parks, indoor, outdoor, digital, if you have different favorite TV shows that have recurrent scenes or recurrent scenarios, you can reuse any of these as a memory pass as long as you can visualize it. So let's try to plan out a more complicated memory pause. Let's try to initially start off with an entire textbook, for instance. Now, go through a textbook. If you have a digital copy or a physical copy in your room or wherever, look inside the table of contents. And often on Amazon and other book purchasing sites, you can use the little flip page feature on the book page and it'll open up to the first couple of pages. So you can see how different books of related subject material might be organized. Look at a couple of different micro books, for instance, since we keep coming back to that as an example, and determine which structure, just look at the table of contents, which one do you like best, and use that as your basic outline. So you can utilize this before you ever step foot in the classroom. Now, once you have that structure, that basic outline, you know approximately how many rooms you might want, or if there's a lot of material, you might need several different memory palaces entirely. And I'm sort of using the assumption that your memory palace is going to be an entire house, multi-room unit of some sort. But it doesn't have to be. It can be a long walking path or bike riding path that you take frequently, as long as there are enough stops along the way that you can use as macro and micro stations. As long as there are enough distinct locations that you can place the multitude of information on, you can use it. So now once you have the basic outline from the table of contents or whatever resource you're using, you now have all the macro stations or rooms or similar sized areas that you're going to use for your memory palace. Now if possible, skim through the highlighted regions in one of the chapters. These are usually bulleted subheadings and other similar divisions of the chapter. And you might have as few as three, four, five. you might have as many as 10 to 12, but these can easily be placed as microstations for future creation. So let's say the textbook has 12 main chapters. The first three chapters are on bacteriology, the second three on virology, third set mycology or the study of fungus, and the last set all on parasitology. Now we know that we have these predestined sets of areas for placement. And from there, we just break it down more and more until we get into the microstations. Then we add our main image or several images for that microstation. And then we can add little hooks to each image if we need to add a little more detail. And it just gets more and more reductive. And now I want you to do the same thing for a more integrative approach. And if you don't know an integrative approach yet, that's perfectly fine. But an example I would use for microbiology topics would be infectious disease. In microbiology, you sort of learn all the microbes and a lot of different features about each microbe, but when you get into more clinical medicine, you don't have a medical microbiology doctor. You have an infectious disease doctor, and the way they are going to approach a topic is going to be very different. So it might make sense to also begin working on an infectious disease memory palace, and this will help you with step two material. It'll help you with clinicals, Because it's integrating a lot of the material. Now you're not asking which microbe is it, which test is for each microbe, blah blah. You're asking, they have pneumonia. Which of each of these different classes, bacteria, virus, etc., might cause this pneumonia? Or they have a urinary tract infection. Which of each of these causes might cause it? And it's a more comprehensive way to approach it. So these are just some thoughts to sort of get you in the mindset of structuring your memory palaces beforehand the sooner you can do this, the better. If you have time, if you're not currently in school, or if even if you are, you can go online and take a MOOC like edX.com, Coursera.com, and these free video lecture courses, of which there are several for many of the medicine topics that you will cover in your basic sciences, can also be used as an outline. They will give you some basic information for each section. Actually, I recommend doing that before you go into med school anyway, but you can use them for your memory palaces as well. And then the last topic I wanted to cover in this episode is that you will run into roadblocks. This is just inevitable, especially if you're newer to the memory techniques or you're newer to medicine. You will not yet have all of the information and these will take time to develop. It takes a lot of skill to develop with the memory techniques. It takes a lot of memorization and knowledge to develop the medical side of it. And so if you run into a problem where you can't really think of how to organize this material, it's probably time to find someone that knows a little bit more about one or both of these subjects than you currently do. This is when it's time to find a mentor. You can refer back to our interview with Anders Ericsson and Deliberate Practice, and this is really the expert on experts is uh, what I called him during the interview. Deliberate Practice has been the study and platform for becoming an expert. In a certain material. So, if you want to become an expert, you need to learn from the experts. One of the experts on experts would be Dr. Anders Ericsson. His technique is using deliberate practice. And this usually requires that once you hit a roadblock, once you have sort of plateaued on your own, it's time to find a mentor, it's time to find a tutor or someone that has more knowledge and experience in the topic that is stumping you because you will never stop growing. There is no end in medicine or in life. You just keep growing. And the most efficient way to do this is not hitting your head against the wall and trying the same thing over and over again, but to find someone that might have a little different advice or a little extra knowledge they can share with you. So I think that's about it for today. I do want to say thank you so much for keeping with. So far, this show is just growing exponentially. We have all these new podcasts on the Inside the Boards network, including us, including Physiology with Physio by Greg Rodin, Also, the Step 2 Secrets podcast by Ted O'Connell, who also authors the book by the same title, a very popular review textbook. And we have Greg and Ted that are helping immensely with the creation of this study skills book. So I'll keep you updated with that as more information comes out. It's going to be an interesting consolidation of medical material and memory material and life advice and just covering so much material and it's really going to be just a lot of hardcore condensed facts that will help you get through medicine and get through any of your studies even if you're not in medicine but specifically designed for the medical student. I really hope that you'll keep an ear out for that and be interested in it. We might do some raffles coming up for the book when it first comes out and please do let us know if you have any thoughts, advice, feedback. Can we improve in some way anything that's particularly bugging you do you like the narrative episodes do you like the interview episodes anything at all just give us a shout